Hello, hello, good day, good day, how are you? Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Fox Force 5, listeners. We're here, we're still here. Woo-hoo. Welcome everybody. Um, I got a new computer and I'm very clear, the, the picture, isn't it? Oh Your my screen God. is really clear. It's Disgusting. Like, <laughs> remind, reminds me I need to clean my machine. It's literally yeah. like, you can see every little hole on my face. Pores, <laughs> <laughs> poor mm. control. How are you? Good, good. Tell us, everybody's dying to hear now. I know you're probably sick of hearing about it, but we want to hear about the marathon. So tell us, well <laughs> done again, well, the- Kelly. Woop, woop, thank woop. you, thank you. The main thing is I didn't end up in hospital, <laughs> that's the main thing. Um, Always a plus. Although I, there have been a few casualties, The my left big toe is is changing a strange colour as we speak. But um, And I think I might lose one or two other oh, ones, but God. I suppose... But apparently that was probably a lot to do with the rain. It was obviously raining a lot. So it's probably to do with that, that the liquid got yeah. in underneath your toes or whatever. I Yuck. don't know. I don't know. Uh, but I didn't feel clean until I had a bath. Yeah. <laughs> my everything was my feet were like mank. But um yeah, no, it actually oh, with all the worry and all the apprehension and all of that. It was wild, like, you know, got there on, had a beautiful, had a fab morning beforehand, ended up having breakfast in the ivy, like you couldn't uh, make it up, it was hilarious and uh, it was so relaxed and then poor old Claire, my pal that I was running with, she got held up because she was coming in public transport and it was a bit of a nightmare and then we missed our wave and then it started pouring rain and, but you know what, I was very much in that kind of zone of I think when I got, once I got on the train to London on Saturday, I just went into like excited mode. And because we went to stay with our friends, it was a great distraction. I wasn't like navel gazing in a hotel room on my own, you know. Um, and anyway, poured rain. So we got we were soaked before we ever um, before we ever actually left. the. I was laughing because you sent obviously a couple of videos after and at the start you have that shitty like with those shitty ponchos over you <laughs> oh jeez I, lo- I was delighted with my poncho when you go away I got that in some distillery last year poncho Pete um, so yeah, so it was pouring mm. it was pouring and like loads of people around me were uh, I mean oh, they had nothing they don't need shorts and a vest on you know and even the guy beside me who had a jumper on said I took off my jacket too early um, oh, I God. ran with the, the poncho on for the Did first you? 6k yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. gosh. It was that wet. And I was trying mm-hmm. to, I thought, well, if I can keep my body dry. And actually, because until I warmed up, it was fine because it's loose. Yeah. You know, it's, um, mm-hmm. it'd be different if you were wearing an actual raincoat or something. It wouldn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, of course. It was like, and I wasn't the only person. There was loads of people had them on. So, um, I yeah, it was a good it. idea. It was actually a very good idea because yeah. like, you dump it then as well whenever you want yeah. to like. So my big concern at that stage of the day was my runners were very light so my feet were wet before oh, I got over the start line and I thought oh Jesus Christ I mean the thing is when you're training you don't train in the rain you just wait for yeah. an hour and then you go out or whatever you know and I thought oh God what state are my feet going to be in uh, to the point where I had such anxiety about it the night before because mm. I knew it was going to rain I put up a poll on this running group I'm in to say if you've never <laughs> tried you've never ran with um, soaking feet I said and would you put Vaseline all over them or not and the poll was like uh, absolutely hell no or uh, stop stressing about it blisters yeah. are part of it <laughs> and I think 76% said no you know? <laughs> so I was like right fine and actually it's a it's a miracle but my feet survived I did have a few small blisters but they actually never hurt me you know so thank god you're obviously very good um, you're running but anyway, yeah. they were able for it as well you know 
Yes, yes. And, and uh, you know, half a size too big. Like, people forget oh, really? that. You, know, yeah. you need to be able to slide around in your shoes. Yeah, you should always buy them half for a size. For runner, runners. Um, yeah, for oh, running. That's interesting. Runners, I didn't yeah. know that. Because I bought it. I've been on the hunt lately for a pair of runners. And I bought, because of my big, fat, swollen pregnancy feet, I bought a pair half a size up. But they were so big, runner runners. Because uh, I want, you know, just for walking and stuff. So I actually had to send them back and get a pair in, in my normal size. <laughs> So that's good to know that you're actually supposed to do that. Um, I'm not going to. I'm not going to give you like the blow by blow. I know people will be switching off already if they think that's going to be the case, but it was out of this world. It was absolutely phenomenal. It was the support was absolutely unbelievable. Like I don't think we would have gone longer than like you know 400 yards without some band or group of people cheering or like there was parties on in people's front yards there was parties on top of buildings there was drag queens there was sound systems there was marching bands there was Kaylee bands there was Brazilian (laughs) bands there was like you there was a choir there was it was just astronomical it was so good and um I was very, very nervous about the sort of magic miles, as I call them, the ones you're supposed to kind of pull out the hat after 20 mm. miles. So you would have trained up to 20 miles in your How many training runs. 20 miles? And I am... Um, Late 20s. Oh, I suppose it's okay. 32-ish, mm. 32. And then... um, And the and the marathon is yeah. 42, right? So I was like worried about I knew what I f- it felt like to get to that point but I didn't know what would happen after that point and in fact I knew that it really hurt to get to that point at the last few K or right. whatever but on the day I did two things I think that really helped me one was I preemptively took pain medication so I took paracetamol and ibuprofen and I also stayed really rigidly on my gels mm. you know so I was taking a lot of gels like very regularly as well right and I think those two things helped me. So by the time we actually got to mile 20, I was like feeling good. And I think because I was feeling good, it was such a mental yeah. boost. You know, I was like, wow, I'm here. I'm OK. I feel OK. I'm going. It's fine. It's OK. OK, I can run. I can run, you know. Um, and I think that was a huge boost to me. And I and it's like dare to dream, you know, at mile 20. I'm like, oh, my God, could I actually make it to the end without having any significant pain or collapsing or whatever, you know. And that's essentially what happened. Man, it just, all it all fell brilliant. into place and it was absolutely amazing. Strangely, the last kilometre was the weirdest because it kind of shuts down when it gets up towards Buckingham Palace. Which is such and a pity because I feel like that is where, like every other marathon has the biggest buzz is that last kick. Yeah, so it's very it sad. really weird. It is yeah, right. really weird. I think it's just because there's so many people. Like Stuart was tracking me around the city and he did like 30,000 steps <laughs> and he found it very hard to get anywhere. So it's it's a it's a logistical thing as well, I suppose. But um. No, it was absolutely phenomenal. I, I turned a corner at around, I think it was about mile 12 or something. And Tower Bridge is right in front of you. And I just had a big blob. Aww. It just really hit me like a ton of bricks. There was a guy running beside me and he was like, are you OK? I was like, I just... <laughs> I was like, yes, I am. It's fine. I'm just, I just wasn't expecting Aww. it. Which <laughs> um, it's overwhelming. But, One, that you're doing it. Two, the crowds. And three, that you've gotten that far then as well, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. Like one thing you weren't prepared for is like the smiling like I put my name on my top and everybody shouts out your name and stuff and you give them a wave or say thanks or whatever and I said I'm going to pains my arms tomorrow from waving you know you're waving at people the whole time you looked really happy in all the little videos you sent or you were like yeah it was such a buzz it was such a buzz and there's I mean the thing is 
the energy and the the vibe and the crowd is so good. Like you know, everybody's just like plowing on. Now it gets a bit Especially tougher with towards the, the end. The weather being so shit, yeah. you probably got even more support than like on a normal yeah. day. You know. Yeah, and I heard someone who'd done it last year saying there was more people out this year on the streets and stuff. That was probably COVID still hanging around last year, you know. But um, no, it was amazing. And then we came over the line, but it was weird. And you're so tired by the time you come over the line. You're like, is it? Is it the line? You're looking at it in front of you. You're like, is that the finish line? Because there's nothing that says finish line. There's just the thing, you know. Um, and we and we got over the line and we had a hug, myself and Claire. And then I got a text to say that I'd done it in the time I wanted to do it in. And I let out a scream. I was like, yes, I couldn't believe it. That's so cool that um, it does that, isn't it? Really oh, my cool. God, it was so efficient and so cool. It was unbelievable. But like, then I looked at my my own tracker on my phone and I'd done like an extra kilometre and a half and in less time than the time on the chip. So it's it just shows you like, you know, um, because I didn't set, I actually didn't set my thing till I was maybe a minute running. So I actually did it faster than even what that said, you know. Um, but it was great. I loved it. It was amazing. Um, and it was funny because the ballot was open the day before. I was going to enter for next year. And then I thought, I'll wait now till after the race and afterwards. And since I've been like, no fucking way. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Um, As well, I think it would kind of not take away from it or anything, but just yeah, like... Yeah, no, but that is kind of it. I loved it. It was amazing. I could obsess over it now and try to get a better time and all that. But you know what? No, it was just, it all worked out. It all went well. And I. it's not as if I've got anything to prove. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, so yeah, I'm um, I'm happy. But I'm going to gonna work towards doing New York in November next year really wow yeah get the bug now you get the bug no it's not the bug i just want to do it because we never did it when we went in 2012 and i just want to do it because it was a thing that we were we had to do for years didn't she like he ran the distance around central park it's different it's such a different thing actually doing it it's way different so no i want to go and do that so november 2024 yeah I'm going to hang up my uh, running shoes after that. Well, oh. my marathon shoes anyway. I've got a half marathon now in four weeks. So there you go. Oh, my God. But, Where's um, that? Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Oh, just the local nice, one. though. That'll be good. It, that's a marathon as well. And I was like, no way. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine actually running a marathon. It, that's not a major that doesn't have that massive support and crowd and everything, because I think I was very fortunate as well running with Claire because we were very similarly paced and she was just she just pushed on. She was so motivated as well. And um, it was nice we, to be able chatted. to stay with each other the whole mm. way. Like, and we, and we chatted the whole way round, and you know, not as much on our tr- as our, on our training runs, like, but um, it wasn't lonely. Whereas, if you're doing it on your own, I think it's quite lonely, and you're more prone to like falling into dark th- thoughts or you know that kind of thing. Like, so, um, so yeah, big thanks to Claire if she if she listens. I don't think she listens to the podcast, but if she's listening, thank you, Claire. You you were an absolute inspiration so she was raising money as well for Alzheimer's um, so she did a great job with that so yeah so that's the crack now with uh, the London Marathon thank God it's over and I survived it amen and we won't talk about it anymore <laughs> everyone's sick of it <laughs> so yeah so um, yeah so that was great we'd, uh, I, I was I've just chatting away to you when I was on mute sorry <laughs> 
feeling oh, myself I, to eat something probably. <laughs> um, but what I was going to say was the amount of people that like have asked me like how you got on. So it's really lovely mm-hmm. though that people are like, how did you do? You know, blah, blah. Because oh. I never put up anything afterwards, although I put up, I stole Stuart's picture and I was like, best uh-huh. of luck. We never actually put up one after. It's such a shit picture that when I made the start line as well. I looked terrified. I was like, oh, um, oh thank you. Thanks to everybody who messaged Nicola. And yeah, I got messages from people. Elaine Kingston sent me a, a belief booster thing, you know. Oh, bless her. <laughs> bless yeah, her. she did. She was following um, you on the app. Yeah, people were talking oh, about yeah, fascinating it to watch it. It was so cool, yeah. like, seeing where you were around the place. And then it was telling you the percentage done and all that yeah. stuff, you know. I didn't know that it was giving... I didn't know it gave you like an estimated finish time as well. That was unbelievable. Yeah, I really would have so checked good. myself if that was the case. Yeah, it was mad. Because as well, yeah. I think it was good in case you were there to be able to kind of mm. know that you were finished or whatever, to be able to like yeah. go see you or try to find yes. you or whatever. So, yeah. you know, that was really cool too. And you got to go yeah. for a few Proseccos after, did you? Oh, jeez. We had a few Proseccos, all right. Thanks. Emer bought us a bottle of champagne and was waiting in the pub. Oh, so stop. That's so um, cute. Oh, yeah, bless so, very so we necked quite a few drinks. I was buzzing. I was like... I was like, I hadn't gone for a 5K. I was like, I would have danced a jig yeah, something. Yeah. I, I was absolutely <laughs> buzzing. It's been a different story since. I've been absolutely knackered, oh, exhausted God, I can't even since, um, since Monday. And then I had to go back down to London Yeah, on because you would have award. She's to be Kelly Crichton. Award-winning podcast producer Yay! Kelly Crichton. <laughs> so yeah, London's been good to me this week. I had uh, two victories down there, so that's great. But um yeah, but of course, like the tool I am, I got a bit carried away with the celebrations on that Wednesday. <laughs> so no wonder I'm flipping knackered. But we had a good all night down oh, in London, dear. I must say. So um yeah, so it's been a hectic week. So um yeah. All good, all good, though, all positive. It's, it's lovely. It's God, it's great to have good news and have nice things happen. It just buoys yeah, you up a bit, you know. Nice. Well um, done again. For, Very proud of you, for, as we all were. <laughs> oh, thanks, Kurt. Went for a walk at lunch today and it was like PTSD from all the runs. I was like, <laughs> but, um, I can't anyway, believe you you're going to have more than four weeks. You're fucking mad. But anyway, sure. <laughs> I kind of just to keep my fitness up. I'm going to try and keep mm. keep doing halves up to New York, you know, up till I start training Mesh. for New York. And then that'll make life a little oh, bit just easier. Just a half marathon. Nothing to, you know, no, no problems <laughs> to me. <laughs> Although I did open a training plan this morning that said something like, 15 kilometer run today and I was like you can fuck off a week after Martin not even five days no, no, I'm, no I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do anything now till after the weekend I just need yeah. a break I'm just I'm just so tired there's been no point and actually they say you should give yourself a kind of good week after yeah because you don't want to get you, sick you, of it or hurt yourself or anything right? or hurt yourself yeah, yeah your, 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 le- your legs are in a volatile place after that you know so you don't want to do yourself an injury so my poor old physio even messaged me to say how did you get on like you know it was hilarious but um that was great oh, it's just lovely uh, it's really like oh it's like i remember when i was getting married what were you say it's like a love bomb love when you bombing. do something like that and it's a total love bomb yeah. too, people are like so proud because it's such an accomplishment like, like you're amazing yeah. and well done <laughs> keep going and all that and yeah i would say to anybody who's thought about taking on something big like that like it does seem overwhelming and it is scary but it's totally worth yeah, it in the end. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not, it doesn't necessarily have to be running a marathon or whatever, but I suppose whatever challenge you have in the back of your head, like mm. just um, commit to it and keep going. Yeah. That's it. Well done. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. 
And uh, I feel like you've had your own marathon this week just being pregnant. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I'm great. As I sit here, my back is actually killing me. I can't even fucking sit down for long anymore. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Did you get the yoga ball, <laughs> Nicola? How many times have I told yeah, you about the yeah, yoga ball? Yeah, yeah, I'm on the yoga ball. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Good, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> She's like, I don't want any of your pregnancy don't, advice. Don't explain the, the pregnancy to me. I'm in the thick of it. It's fine. Oh, I know. We'll get there. Um, but I'm looking forward okay. to this weekend because my lovely sister is home for a gathering on Sunday. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, yep. yeah, so that's keeping me going. So anyway, oh. let's crack on, I suppose. We've chatted a lot. Yeah, time. let's crack on. We've used half the podcast now and I'll just have to fly through everything. Um, so my first item today number one, one is a real das of an item um, there's a reporter called Clodagh McKeown who did a piece on her daddy about bargain dupes products uh-huh. you know um, and she's listed four of them so I thought I'd let you know what they are uh, the first one is pennies has a bronzing drop um, and this is for our tang fastics out there but basically it's a dupe of uh, Lux Drunk Elephant D Bronzy Anti-Pollution Sunshine Drops and they sell for about 40 euros whereas this one sells for 350 it's basically kind of concentrated tanning oil um, and apparently it's all over TikTok so there you go if you're into your tanning get the PS Instant Bronzing Drops for €3.50. The second one is the Lacura Vitabase Primer. Um, it's a dupe for Bobby Brown's Vitamin Enriched Face Base. And although there are slight differences between the two, it's definitely worth picking up. The famous Bobby Brown product is loved because it moisturises our skin for smooth makeup application while hydrating and nourishing the skin. However, the Aldi dupe is a strong contester and one um, you will love. It's a tenth of the price at five ninety nine. Um yeah, apparently it gives a flawless, dewy result. There you go. Uh, number three is the Dior Addict Lip Glow Oil Dupes. Um, and these are obviously rip-off of Dior. And <laughs> it's pennies, three euros, as opposed to 40 for the actual thing. Mm. Uh, I'm just skimming through this now. And they've got 10 different shades. Wow. Oh. And then this one, I thought, is very interesting. So the Dyson Airwrap. Oh, yeah. Um, this is the dupe is from Liddell and uh, it's got multiple changeable heads, blah, blah, blah. And it's called the Silvercrest Multifunction Hot Air Styler. And it's only thirteen ninety nine. Oh, that's definitely worth and, just buying to see if it's any good. Seeing as it's yeah, and apparently, again, it's a TikTok. <laughs> you can look up videos on TikTok um, to see people using that. But I mean, exactly. That's like two drinks. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Might as well just get it. Like, yeah. So, um, yeah. So there's your dupes. There's loads mm. of stuff in Aldi the last few months that have been like really good. People were like seeing the praises of like pregnancy stuff and, oh, yeah. and like makeup and lots of different bits. Apparently Aldi is like some of the best dupes out there, makeup wise and stuff. And then the other really? dupes are Zara. A lot of their perfumes are dupes of like oh, famous yeah? perfumes. Yeah. Mm. So I couldn't tell you the exact ones now, but there's one that's like Flower Bomb and there's one that's yeah. like you sell it wrong and stuff yeah. and um, they're supposed to be very good and they last quite a long time as well so that's interesting because I always see people smelling the perfume and stuff in Zara but by the time you get to the till it always takes so long to get to the oh, till in stop, Zara yeah. it's like I cannot Why? you just want to get the clothes bought don't you Why do they do that get out I the door. started actually with like I haven't bought in Zara now since being pregnant obviously because you know I don't want to 
commit mental suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, but last year with the hen and wedding and stuff, I was buying a lot of stuff in there. And I actually had to start just posting stuff back because I just could not be arse going to the shop and giving them 45 really? minutes of my life. So. If you buy it in the shop, can you return it via No, post? as in getting no. it online and then going into the shop to return yeah. it. It was That's what I would normally do as well, yeah. yeah. So I just post. Actually, in Edinburgh for a while, they had a bit open where you could check out yourself. Do you know those places? It's like a self-checkout, like a yeah, Tesco's or whatever. Yeah. But well, it's so bad. But like, it was I mean, never freaking open oh, then when I went in. But like bad PR afterwards. of all the places. If someone said to you, what's the worst yeah. place to queue? You'd always say Zara. <laughs> they just don't have enough tills. I remember ever, there was a Christmas, that Christmassy kind of jumper that you still wear sometimes. I remember we were in Germany mm. at the time and they had it and I knew you liked it. So I was getting it for you. I must have queued Girl, up for I've nearly got, like, an hour. I've got like 10 Christmases out of that. I'm glad it was because it. I queued for nearly a full feckin' hour on holidays. Oh, you it's so annoying though isn't it yeah it's and it's not it's not a slow process when you get to the tail they're quite efficient Mm. but i think there's only ever three open and there's like 50 people to be served you know so very annoying but anyway there you go jupe heaven right over to number two so talk about two different extremes. So I watched two <laughs> very different movies this week. So I'll tell you about the one that was a bit shy first and that was a bit mad. And then I'll tell you about the one that I actually really enjoyed. So the first okay. one filmed in Ireland is um, Cocaine Bear. <laughs> Did you heard anything about it? Or? Oh, my God. Well, I've heard references mm. to it, like when it came out about a month ago or whatever. And I was like, yeah. yeah. And they, they slagged it at the Oscars and stuff as well, yeah, didn't they? Yeah, it's like a pure like snakes on a plane kind of vibe. Um, so, But it was filmed in Ireland and it looks amazing. Like it, the scenery is beautiful. Yeah, That's so random. And stuff, yeah. Wow. So, um, it is funny enough, kind of cast in it. Uh, yeah. like Kerry Russell's in it. Uh, Ray Liotta is in it. Um, uh, who else would you kind of know? I didn't really know that many. Like, what's his name? Um, the guy from Family Guy, you know, the redhead guy from Family Guy, he's in it. A few more people you kind of recognize as well, but um, kind of a funny cast, actually. But mm-hmm. basically, it's based at roughly, very roughly, around the story of... Um, uh, basically in the 80s there was a drug cartel who used to hire like these small planes to run drugs from the US like down south and they did they crash or they threw loads of the coke out the window basically of the plane and it landed in like a national park and right. a bear ate it but the bear died like but in this the bear eats it and the bear like becomes mental basically <laughs> crazy and so, this national park is in, it's, America. it's supposedly America. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's supposed yeah. to be like, not Yellowstone, but it's like supposed to be like similar kind of big park thing. So, um, yeah. So, and, and Black Bear eats it, blah, blah, blah. And, but it's kind of a horror in the sense that like, it's, it's a, it's a dark comedy. So if you are going to watch it, just be prepared. It's extremely violent, <laughs> as you can imagine mm. when it's a bear and like, mm. it's quite gross. Some of it, like a lot of blood, a lot of guts kind of thing. The story is a bit mad that like basically the bear eats the sequels crazy and like kills loads of people. So that's not really a spoiler. It's because it's kind of a horror as well. But it mm. was one of the most mental things I've watched in a long time because it was just like didn't I couldn't tell you what it was, like what it was trying to be. Do you know what I mean? I suppose a dark comedy, but it was also very graphic. So, yeah, it was strange. Um, Kristen Banks actually directed it so she was in Ireland as well at the time so that there was obviously a lot of press around them and all that stuff but uh 
Yeah, it's a strange one. It seems to have generally gotten kind of positive enough reviews and still grossed like nearly $100 million. So, I mean, they can't be doing too bad. The budget mm. was small enough. It was in like $35 million, which is small enough for a movie. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was Cooking Mare. And the one, then the other okay, movie yeah. that we watched, which I really enjoyed, and me and Jira watched it, so it's very female heavy, but uh, we both enjoyed it, was Women Talking. And uh, yeah, so the wonderful Jesse Buckley, obviously from Killarney, Mm. is Mm -hmm. in it, and Claire Foy is in it, uh, Rooney Mara's really good cast in it, and Francis McDormand's in it, which kind of plays kind of a small character, and Ben, uh, sorry, Ben Whishaw, I don't know how to pronounce it. Whishaw, yeah, who's Paddington. Yeah, he's in it as well, and he's obviously in that brilliant TV series, what's that called again, but him being the doctor and stuff. This is going to hurt. Yes, yeah, so he's in it as well, so it's... um. If anybody doesn't know the story, like it's quite harrowing. So it's based on a novel. So it is fiction. But like when you're watching it, you're like tempted to kind of half believe that it's real life. It's mad the way it's done. But basically it is um, based on a novel by Miriam Toes. And it's about these women who live in a colony, kind of an Amish community kind of thing that are um, raped. People come into their homes and gas them so they're unconscious and rape them. So these women are all waking up and they've been raped and they're like covered in blood and bruises and, and all different ages, little kids and everything. It's really, really oh, dark. Jesus. So it's very, very harrowing. And you don't really see much of that, but the whole movie is about the women discussing it and what they're going to do. So they break it into like, do they stay? Do they forgive? Is one, do they fight? Do they stay and kind of fight the men? And then the third one is, do they leave? And they're just trying to like decide what they're going to do. So um, it's very talk heavy. There's no yeah. real action or anything like that. It's very much like the dialogue, but I thought it was really, really well done. Very, very well written. Very good, like female characters that are kind of totally torn. You don't know what year it's set in. And when you kind of find out the year it's set in, it's very mind blowing because they do it so well because like they're in this Amish community that's kind of paused from the world, you know. So, yeah, um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was excellent. Um, it was nominated for quite a few Oscars and things like that. It didn't win. Um, that many, but it was nominated for like Best Picture and all that stuff. But I kind of see why it didn't win because it is very like a lot of just talking, but yep. um, it's brilliant. Jesse Buckley is absolutely brilliant in it and Claire Foy is really mm. great as well. So mm. it is definitely worth the watch. It's out I'm on talking. a lot of anything you download, anything on, it's on. I don't think it's available for streaming yet because it was still kind of the mm-hmm. cinema in the last couple of months. I'll have a quick look there and just watch. See if it's out. Oscar stuff as but well. Exactly, yeah. It's but it's really brilliant. Mm. I really enjoyed it. So I would highly Is it long? No, it's about 90 minutes. Oh, that's grand. Yeah. yeah. I was but like say I said, more than that, you'd be like, Whoa. yeah, it's a tough, like content is very tough, but no, mm. it's actually not available on anything strange. Um, mm. But it probably will be further down the line. Oh, we watched it in the dodgy box. But um, so if you have any means of that, um, uh-huh. but it is, I just thought it was It'd excellent. Anyway, I've never sure. watched a yeah, movie yeah. like it where it was just literally mm-hmm. just talking and not boring, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, um, I, I really, really enjoyed it. So that was my, what my well, cool. kind of recommendations on the first one, but definitely the second Cocaine one. Cocaine Bear and Women Talking. I think you probably couldn't <laughs> get two films that are polar, polar opposites, yeah. you know? Okay, cool. We'll move along to number three. Three. Our fox this week is London Marathon inspired because oh. I heard a bit about her over the weekend and um, I'd forgotten that this actually happened. Katrina McKiernan, who won 
the London Marathon mm. in, oh God, what year was it? I'll have to look up in a minute. But anyway, and I googled her and um, there was an interesting article from last November in the Irish Times when she was added to the Irish sort of Sporting Hall of Fame. Mm. And rather than tell you all about her life, I thought I'd read this little excerpt about her because it's just really nice. Um, so the journalist who wrote it is called Eno Reardon and mm-hmm. his father was a sports journalist as well. So I'll just kind of tell you, I'm going to read it as exactly as it was. Before he left this mortal world, my dad loved to tell the story about ringing up Katrina McKeeran at home back in her early running days. Her mother, Kathleen, would answer the phone as she invariably did, immediately recognising the voice of this politely inquisitive athletics correspondent. Is Katrina there? The kitchen was the sort of command centre of the McKeeran home, set in a hill overlooking their 90-acre farm in Cornafine, about 10 miles outside Cavan Town. The phone was in the kitchen, blah, 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 blah. Um, Katrina was the youngest of seven children. She didn't mind who was ringing as long as it wasn't a journalist. Only later did his dad discover whenever he rang the McKeeran home asking for Katrina, she would be madly mouthing to her mother in the background, don't you dare put any journalist on the phone to me. After which Kathleen would say, hold on, Tam, sure she's here right beside me. <laughs> this had absolutely nothing to do with aloofness and not necessarily shyness either. Throughout her magnificent running career, the last thing Katrina ever bothered with or craved was publicity or even recognition for that matter. She was perfectly content to run and win races for the sheer pleasure and personal satisfaction of it all, which she did with increasingly impressive dominance. That her career ran parallel to and in some instances in the shadow of Sonia O'Sullivan suited her just fine too, though... Both, born two days apart, always shared that rare acknowledgement of first name recognition, Katrina and Sonia. It wouldn't bother her in the slightest either that only now, somewhat belatedly, she's been inducted into the Athletics Ireland Hall of Fame. Katrina gave a rousing reception at when this was in last November uh, at the reception in Dublin, uh, where she followed in the, the footsteps of the likes of Ronnie Delaney, Eamon Coughlin, John Tracy and Sonia. Indeed, Katrina made the point in her acceptance speech she doesn't envy the elite athlete of today, given all the extra attention and pressure and distraction of social media, and warned the younger generation to limit their engagement as much as possible. Uh, he Then he goes on to say, like, the first time he met her was 30 years before in Boston, um, where she had gone to run in the World Cross Country Championships at age 22. Right. What unfolded was... Later, that freezing snowy day remains one of the finest displays of Irish distance running anywhere. Coming into the last stretch of the final lap, Katrina stunned the entire field, East Africans and all, briefly breaking clear, only to be passed in the sprint to the finish line by Lynn Jennings, the two-time defending champion who grew up not far away in West Massachusetts. It was a hard and fast race and she beat Katrina to the line by two seconds. Still, in finishing second, Katrina won the first senior global athletics medal by any Irish woman ahead of Sonia who still finished a very impressive seventh place that day. That second place in Boston was also the first of four successive silver medals won at the World Cross Country from 1992 to 95, only narrowly denied gold in each of them and also winning the outright IAAF challenge each year. And she also won 10. She won team bronze in Turin in 97. With that, Katrina continued with a series of firsts in Irish women's athletics, the first woman to win the European Cross Country in 94, the first Irish woman to win the Berlin, Berlin Marathon. I didn't know that. In 97, the first Irish woman to win the London Marathon in 98 and still the fastest Irish women's marathon runner of all time. Her Irish record of 2.22.23 still standing from her victory in Amsterdam Marathon in 1998. I mean, there are three of the big marathons. Like, Imagine uh, she was wearing vapour flies, you know, those crappy runners. 
Um, she also won 16 Irish senior titles, set eight national records, including a record 10 in cross country. And when she moved to the roads in 97, she was almost unbeatable. In 97, she ran 13 races and won nine. In 98, she ran 13 and won them all except for one. Brilliant running by truly global standards. In receiving the Hall of Fame, she acknowledged her daughter, Dervla, and son, Patrick. And of course, Katrina is still running, not for prizes or indeed recognition, just the sheer pleasure and personal satisfaction of it all, same as it always was. There you go. I just Love thought it was it. nice, nice little you know, you did, tribute. I don't think you hear about her that often, though, do you? Like, no. No, it's weird. She was, on, she was on talking to Gabby Logan on the marathon oh, thing. And I was nice. like, wow. Yeah, so I wouldn't even recognise her, like, you know. Um but she's so fresh faced and youthful looking. It's amazing. But it's but, bad um, because like in Ireland, we love to like boost people that do well. But yeah, yeah it was funny to really hear much about her. Like, I suppose I don't think, I don't think she's courted yeah. celebrity that much. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So, um, but you'd know her name, like, you know, definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But Sonia was the star, wasn't she? That's for those it, years, yeah, she I probably suppose, so. that. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Very right. good. Interesting. Uh, over to you, Nicola. Number four. I have a very boring enough one for you yeah. <laughs> compared to my lovely dog one last week. Um, uh-huh. I'm turning into one of these dog people like that, like I'd be, well, I'm also pregnant and hormonal, but I'd be looking at Ted and I'd be like, I wish someone would come along and photograph you. <laughs> and tell my little story about how you do this. That, and everything. Oh God. I'm, you might I'm, have more I'm, stories in a few years, oh, girl. Calm down. My fluffy baby. But anyway, back to this week. So, um, Really? Well, it's not boring. I actually find it really interesting because I really like stats, but it's basically World of Statistics on Twitter. So at StatsFeed. And basically, mm. it's just lots of different stats from like totally random things from around the world. So they list like all the like well, not all the countries in the world, but they list like the top 20 countries or 30 countries of whatever percentages of this thing. So like population yeah. in cities, so the most recent one there is like population in largest city by country. So Japan okay. has the most, so 37 billion people live in cities. Is it billion? 37, 3398085, no, million. <laughs> 37 million live in Japan, 31 in India. Yeah. It's interesting. Population yeah. in largest city by country. So obviously, okay. Tokyo. Well, I get you. Population yeah, yeah, yeah. in largest city by country. In largest city, I'm confused by that one. Anyway, population density is like an interesting one. So like population per square kilometer. Yeah. Macau is the top one at 20,556. Wow. Monaco second. Isn't that mad? Yeah. Um, and Monaco's then, very densely populated. Yeah, yeah tiny weird. Mm-hmm. Um, average IQ. So do you want to know what the highest IQ top three countries? Oh, no idea. Sweden, just Scandi countries. no. We're not even on the freaking list, where are we? Jesus Christ, I can't even see Ireland on it. Um, Japan, number one, has the average IQ in Japan is 106. Taiwan no, only slightly that's all the under it. Yeah, <laughs> Taiwan only slightly under it. And then Singapore, Hong Kong, China, South Korea, Belarus, Finland, Liechtenstein, wow. and Germany are the top 10. Interesting. Weird. Um, traffic congestion, that's a bit boring one. Time required to start a business. Time required oh. to start, start a business. Days. That's a funny one. Um, Strange. I'll give you a stat I heard during the week. Yeah. Um, Ireland are the biggest podcast consumers in the world. Are they? Irish people. That's funny now, isn't it? Do you know, I was listening to a podcast during the week, actually, and on it, they said something that was very interesting. They were like, Irish people have a very 
short fuse when it comes to people that aren't like providing entertainment when they talk. That it's like as Irish people, we tune out very quickly if somebody like isn't providing like any sort of stimulation with their conversation, we have a tendency to tune out. And that mm, like okay, because yeah. we're very kind of entertainery in the way that it's we, like a skill. Yeah, it's funny. It's like a skill we've developed. And it's like Irish people just tune out very quickly if somebody like isn't getting anything from and not like getting anything from the conversation, just isn't amused, I suppose, or isn't like mm. so kind of makes sense now, like hearing that stat and thinking about that, that we just like to be entertained when we listen to things like in terms of audio, not just music, obviously. So that kind of makes sense that we kind of you know, we're constantly looking for that kind of entertainment value. Um, well, it was funny because we were having a conversation about why is that? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's about 10 times as high as the UK, like, you know, and I was saying, mm-hmm. well, I think radio has always been strong in Ireland, you know, as well. Yeah, but, um, it has been, yeah. Also, it's the um, storytelling tradition, you know, like we love mm-hmm. to talk yeah. and that's not actually a joke. We do love to talk and we love to hear people's stories and it's actually something we kind of value. Yeah. And therefore, I think that's one of the reasons people like listening to podcasts because it's that intimacy and it's like it's like the same similar kind of setup. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so, the whole um, storyteller thing. That's an interesting one. Mm. Now, I will tell you one more interesting stat. Top alcohol consuming countries, right? So obviously okay. we always get painted as like the big alcoholics or whatever. Australia. So, Czech- Czechia, which is obviously the former Czechoslovakia. Yeah. 14.3%. Latvia, 13.2. Moldova, 12.9. Germany, 12.8. Lithuania, 12.8. And Ireland, 12.7. Hmm. So we are there. Meters of pure alcohol per capita per year. So, yes, basically, we're not the top drinkers. We're like the sixth biggest drinkers. So that's not too bad. Mm. And we're a small country. <laughs> so, like, there definitely is more people that drink than don't drink. So I feel like we're screwed because it's a small yeah. country. So. Still pretty bad. Is, is the UK on that list? No. They're not in the top 10, mm. which I'm surprised by. Then it's Spain, Bulgaria, Uganda and Luxembourg. Spain? Weird. But, like, yeah, because, mm. like, but I feel like in a casual manner, like, a beer after yeah. work or whatever. They have a beer at lunchtime or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, I was exactly. surprised. Actually, when I was in Germany with work, when I ever, I've been in Germany a few times, they do drink a lot in Germany also. Like, definitely mm. put it up to us, like, in they terms drink, of the yeah. drinking and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They do. They drink loads yeah, of beer. Yeah, and they yeah. walk down the street yeah. with beer bottles and stuff. And it's all fine. Like, yeah. they have a much more acceptable yeah. look on things than us. Like, everything's frowned upon here. But yes. Yes. Anyway, yes, so indeed. yeah, we're in the stats. Uh, I thought it was interesting. And like I said, uh, sorry, what Twitter? Sorry, is it on? it's on Twitter and yeah. it's at Stats Feed. It's just one of those ones that's kind of nice to have in your timeline because things pop up and it's good little water cooler, yeah. momenty kind of thing, you know. <laughs> I've I've loads of those now after from you that the, the yeah. ones I look up that you you know like whether it's history cool kids or fascinated mm. or those ones and it's just nice content. Yeah. It's not offensive or arguing or political yeah. or anything although you know, some so, of the um, comments under some of the stats are like this is bollocks blah, 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 as they are <laughs> don't believe everything you read kids <laughs> don't believe yeah. everything you read yeah okay fair enough all right moving on to number five five so sad news this week with the passing of harry belafonte so i just uh, tell you a little bit about him um the calypso singer best known for his signature song deo 
as well as his civil rights mm. activism has died at the age of 96. He was a veteran performer and civil rights activist. Um, sorry, he died from congestive heart failure earlier this week. He began his career in the late 40s um, where it's believed that his first ever live performance was backed by jazz legends Miles Davies and Charlie Parker. Yeah. His debut album, Mark Twain and the Other Folk Favourites, was released in 1954. It was the release of his third studio album, though, Calypso, that served as his breakthrough. Featuring Deo as its opening track, the album became his first, the first to surpass one million sales. Belafonte was prolific through the 70s, releasing two albums a year on average. Of these, 1957's An Evening with Belafonte and 1961's Jump Up Calypso were both certified gold by the RIAA I imagine the Record Industry Association of America or something um, his 30th and f- 30th and final studio album Paradise in Gazankulu was released in 1988 in addition to a lengthy career in music Belafonte also spent time working as an actor his starring role in 1957's Islands in the Sun was deemed controversial within the American South due to its depiction of an interracial romance mm. it was banned from being shown in Memphis and protests surrounding its screenings followed despite this the film became number one at the box office Belafonte's final film role was a cameo in 2018, 2018's Black Clansman, directed by Spike Lee. Uh, Balafonte dedicated much of his life to activism. The singer was a friend and confidant to the late Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He participated in the civil rights movement, worked as a goodwill ambassador to UNICEF and led the cultural boycott of South Africa in the 80s in the wake of apartheid. He combined the two main aspects of his life in 1985 when he instigated the chart-topping charity single We Are The World under the project name USA for Africa. Mm. I didn't know he was in charge of that. It's interesting. With the news of his passing has come a multitude of tributes from the musical, cultural and political realms. Former United States President Barack Obama described the the late Belafonte as a barrier-breaking legend who used his platform to lift others up. The other song people will probably know is... um, the one from Beetlejuice. Yeah, that's a brilliant. Shake, 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 Sonora, shake a body, Lina. Yeah, he's great. He's fantastic. Yeah, I remember him being on the Muppets when we really? were kids as well. Oh. Yeah, he was, he was kind of like a fun guy, wasn't right. he? Um, yeah, so that was sad. But ninety six is a good ripe old age. Totally. So, and we said goodbye to Jerry Springer this week, Nicola. Oh, gosh, I know. Yeah. I, my catchphrase yeah, I know my, Jerry, I my catchphrase for the podcast heard of it. like bless him short run of sickness he was only diagnosed a few months ago and yeah really yeah cancer mm. I don't know what type or anything but like he um, obviously yeah was definitely like, like of our generation oh, yeah. of TV totally like, anytime you have school or anything mm. you get like an episode of Jerry Springer in like a terrible <laughs> yeah and I think it was on they put it that no, yeah. I was going to say, it, Go apparently, like, it was very serious at the start. I've never saw any of the start. It was. Yeah. I remember I remember its descent, yeah. you know. Like, it was quite serious at the start. And then it just turned into, like, Jakey's beating the shit out of each other, yeah. basically. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it was funny. Um, I mean, just even the Jerry, Jerry, yeah, you know, it's yeah. just all these, it's like... It's very much 90s It's totally iconic. TV. But, you know, he was born in a bomb shelter in... Yeah. Um, Highgate Tube Station. What? I didn't know that. In London. That's mad. Yeah, during an air raid. Wow. Wild. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, so anyway, very, very go. iconic person from our childhood for sure, iconic. right? And like, totally he iconic. looked... A- yeah, I think a lot of people questioned yeah. his, the moral right of what he, the morals around what he did with the, you know, taking advantage of 
I don't know, people who are not as clever as him or whatever, but he always kind of maintained that he never disrespected those people, that he was always, he felt he, the exact same as them, except that he was lucky. He yeah. had a big obsession with luck. But I do think, um, like, he probably did pave the way for people like Jeremy Kyle and that, but, like, I would say that they're far worse. That was a far worse program than Jerry Springer ever was. Like, you know, yeah. if, well, personally, yeah. I just feel yeah. like they took advantage more, but, like, sure, mm. they were all mm-hmm. pretty taking mm-hmm. advantage of all these poor people. Like, I'm sure they got paid, to be honest, like, and I'm sure that money was well appreciated appreciated as well but yeah yeah do you remember he used to do like a little thought for the day at the end as well yeah. which was like his sort of you know but it's exactly what it says in the tin it was like a th- you know synopsis of and, what and we learned I think he tried <laughs> to kind of make yeah like he tried to make it seem like we'd learned something from mm-hmm. the people trying to knock six colours of shit <laughs> out of each other you know what I mean but um yeah, uh, but anyway, but there you go. But it was reality TV before uh, reality TV, so we can't judge him too harshly. Like, we, yeah. that stuff is... But I saw now. a couple of clips yesterday and it's like, do you know they're just about to start kicking off and he just kind of walks away <laughs> yeah, with yeah, a yeah. smile on his face, you know. <laughs> he just knows exactly the timing, yeah. doesn't he, you know. But um, And what was his security guy? The security guy got kind of yeah, famous as well that was on at the big ball guy. His own show. Yeah. Was it Man, Man what's, what's his name? Oh my gosh. He did. He did. He had his own show afterwards, didn't he? Yeah, I guess. Anyway, go on. Um, that's all the crack for this week. I feel like we covered lots of different things today, strangely. Um, but we will be back again next week with a bit of luck. And, oh my God, uh, no, sorry. It was Steve Wilkos was the security Steve. Guy. And then he went down. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he had Steve-o. his own TV show then as well, didn't he? He was the director of security on the Jerry Springer show. Hilarious. And he was a former <laughs> law enforcement officer of the police department. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was on the show from 94 to 2007. Jesus Christ, that's how long it ran. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. man. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. It probably ran longer than that. Yeah. It was just he was there for that long as well. Wild, wild. End of an era. But anyway, there you go. We've got a we've got a slinky called Jerry Springer. So his, uh, oh, yeah. his life lives on. <laughs> his memory lives on in our house. It was funny because I said to Stuart, Jerry Springer's dead. And he's like, don't tell the girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jerry Springer's slinky. there you go anyway um, I will see you at the weekend Nicola and we will talk to the listeners next week take care everybody take care of yourselves and each other (laughs) 